Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to the Kindest Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with ex-international footballer and Sky pundit Micah Richards. I wanted to get to know the man behind the smile and the laugh. I wanted to get to know the person behind the persona. He's not who you think he is. He's more... He's honest, he's sensitive, he's articulate. You may still have an opinion of him from what you see. However, I think from listening to this, that will certainly change. My name's Tim Bosworth, and this is The Kindness Podcast. Hi, welcome to The Kindness Podcast. My guest today needs no introduction. However, if I was to play his laugh or show you his smile, I think you would definitely recognise him straight away. Um, By his own admission, um, he burst onto the scene um, at an early age in 2006, being the youngest English defender, um, which I think to many is an accolade that still stands. He's integral uh, and was integral in, in the Manchester City um, side that won the FA Cup in 2011 and, and the season after. Uh, he's a businessman, he's a property investor, a sports columnist for the BBC Sky Sports, uh, and now seemingly uh, one half of a comedy duo uh, with uh, his uh, good uh, pundit pal Roy Keane, who's taking the internet by storm. Uh, Micah Richards, aka Big Meeks. Uh, <laughs> the last is it all, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Kindest Podcast, Mika. Thanks, man. No, listen, it's an absolute pleasure, buddy. It's an absolute pleasure. I know uh, you are a busy man. You are certainly in the spotlight. Um, what I want to know, and um, for those listening, this is not a sports or a football podcast, so um, um, forgive me for my lack of noise. So what I want to know really is, um, who is the real Mika or Micah Richards? Ooh. Ooh, how long have you got? Well, let's get started. <laughs> no, it- but the real me is is what you see. There's no, I don't go on screen and pretend to be someone that I'm not. And I think that's why people 
that's why I engage with so many people and fans and um, they sort of see me as probably the guy down the pub okay. who's just enjoying his football, talking about football and talking about it in a way that they can connect to. It's somewhat simple. So do you feel as if you are the everyman's football pundit? I, I, if people started calling me the people champ, aren't they? But no, I, I just... See, the way I'm, I'm from, where I'm from in Leeds, in, in Chapel Town, it's uh, humble beginnings. So I can be around people who have not had that much. Okay. And I can also be around people who, you know, have got loads. But money doesn't define you. And that's the that's the difference between me and a lot of people is I don't, you know, it's a person no matter what you have. And a lot of people now in society want to be around people who have money, who have got a certain lifestyle, keeping them with the Joneses. And, that, and that's not me. So when you ask me who the real Micah Richards is just, I'm just Micah from, from Chapel Town. And no matter how much success I have, like I said, I won FA Cup, won Premier League, youngest ever for, for England, worked for Sky, CBS, BBC. But I'm just still the, the same old Micah. Yes, you you grow in terms of, you know, you, you go through some situations that have been hard within your life, but also some situations that have been great in, in my life as well. I keep myself to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like there's too many, not snakes out there, but too many people. Like, I think we live in a negative society now where people would rather say bad things rather than positive things. Um, And I like to be that person who's positive. Punditry is known to people as being maybe negative at at times, but I want to spin it on his head and be positive about people because I'm a positive person. And why shouldn't I be? Have you always been a positive person? Always. I'm always a positive person. Sometimes too positive. My my greatest sort of strength is sort of making other people better. So I go out my way to make other people feel better or if we're on screen, because I've got big personality in terms of I'm quite a big guy. And if I see someone struggling or if I see whether that be normal day life or on screen, mm-hmm. I will try help them. That's just the way... I was brought up, mum and dad. My dad was one of the kindest people in my life. He was, when I was young, I was going down to to, to football. He was working two jobs just to take me to, to Oldham Athletic when I was, before I joined Man City. And a lot of people don't see that. And a lot of people see this, you know, they might see me in a, in a Bentley. They might see me in a Range Rover. They don't see me in Ferrari. Oh, typical football. No, it's not. It's not typical. It's not. I, I've worked for everything, mm. but that's been installed from, from my dad. You know, that hard work and that graft. But I love it. I love the hard work. I love challenging myself. Do you think I retired from Aston Villa? And this is not about, this is not about football. This is just about situations in my life where I've been, I've been down and depressed. So I've been, all my life been playing football. One minute it's taken away from you. What what do, what do you do next? You know you're looking you're looking for answers, but the answers are not really there. And a lot of people, a lot I could show you my phone now. Probably got 
And this is not even, it's not, it's not being big headed. I'm just real with every situation. I probably got 500 emails from in the last month about people wanting to do opportunities in me and stuff like that. I probably got 200 WhatsApps, 100 messages. But how I, and, and I know it's a bit petty, but I only really respond to the people who were there for me when I was at my lowest in terms of people wanting to do business or people, all of a sudden people have got my number again. When I was down in the dumps and I didn't know where to go, I didn't know who to eat. And you know Madge, for those listening, Madge is one of my friends who I do a bit of car business with. He's the only, he's the only person I could turn to when, because I, because I've always been positive. Like I'm always expected to, you know, uplift everyone, but I, I needed help at the time. And Madge is the only one who I would speak about. When I say not the only one who would help, he's the only one I could speak about. And he would get me back to to, to where I needed to be and, and see things a lot differently in terms of saying like, well, how bad is your life? And I'd be like, well, it's not that bad. But I just said, well, I, I still can be upset just because my life, not that bad. But he just said like from one to 10, um, how deep are your problems? I said, well, family's fine, put food on the table, you know, um, opportunities are still there. I've earned money in, in football, so it can take me into whatever I want to do. And I looked at things in a different light and he was the one who got me out of, I don't, I don't say depression because when I was younger, my, my brother suffered from mental health, older brother. So we used to stay in the same bedroom. And when I, the way I saw mental health was he used to come in literally at night and, and be shaking and sweating and like he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be chased by the police because he'd be up to no good and stuff. So when I see mental health, I seen that. And it's only now when people are comfortable to speak about what they're going through. It doesn't have to be something drastic. It could be everyday, everyday problems that are just becoming too much for people. Um, and I, I just love to to talk about it because I know there's so many people out there are, are suffering from so many different things, not just mental health, but they've got no one who they can look up to who say, oh, I can relate to him. And then when you ask me who, who Michael Richard, this is who I am. I want people to be able to relate to me because I've been, I've had nothing, I've had money, but it's, it's not changed me, but it's just a journey. And who knows how long I'll live for, but, now I just enjoy life to the fullest. So, and, and thank you for that. And I think a lot of people listening to that perhaps wouldn't see that side of either somebody in the public eye or certainly somebody who is always on. Um, and, and so it's a credit to you to be able to be as open and as honest about your feelings. And I think many years ago, those feelings were perhaps hidden away, shunned upon, kind of a laddism, um, get it done mindset. Um, whereas I think now there's a, rightly so, there is a um, a willingness to share, which I think is really important. Um, I'm still fascinated by um, the idea of who Mika is in terms of, the, you are this person that I think is very open, very honest um, and very much down to earth. And you touched on the fact that you, your folks and you, um, at an early age were very much instrumental in almost building a work ethic around uh, uh, you and, and that seemingly what framed who you are. Take me back to the early years. So how did you get into football? 
so football, I was I was playing football since I was nurturing nursery nursery times. Um, I remember this uh, article when I was must have been three or four at that age, and there was like a picture on, and my dad like stuck it on his wall, and I was just I was good at football then from that age. Then did you know you were good? Well, it depends. It depends how good. I knew I was good for that level, so I knew I was better than everyone else around my age. So yeah, I knew I was good. Then when I went to to primary school, I was the best again. And then when I was in high school, there was another guy called Seb Hines, local. He's from uh, Weatherby. So me and him was probably on the same path. So he was playing for Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. I was playing for Man City. Um, and it did get, that was the, the first real competition because a lot of people were saying he was better than me. And I was like, did you like that? No, no, I didn't like it because I'm used to, I was used to being the main man. Do you like Always. winning? I love winning. I love like that. That's what spurs me on. I'm, I'm a winner. I love it. Like I could go to the trenches with, with, with anyone and want to win. And, that, and that's what defines me. From from the rest, do you think there was not better kids when I was younger? Of course there was, in different schools, in different leagues. But it, people don't understand, and this is why I always protect people in, in my punditry now. It's like, anyone can be a good player, anyone can be. But have you got the mind, have you got the mind to go all the way? It's completely different. When everyone's going out in the 15, 16, getting drunk, you're going through puberty at that age, you, you know, there's women on the go. And my dad's saying to me, you're not going out. And I'm wanting to, you know, you get into that age, we get a little bit cheeky and you talk to your dad like, mm, well, I'll go if I want to go. He said, all right, you've got two options. You go and see that way it takes you. I snuck out once. Next day, came back in, had an awful game. Never again. Never again. Because it's easy. We all can play. We're all good at things, but... How many people can sacrifice? And that's different. If you if you speak to anyone who's been successful, we'll talk about sacrifice. Were you afraid of your dad? Well, my dad's a Rastafarian. He's he's built he's built big. Um never, never, you know, like you get them parents, Caribbean family. Mum used to I won't say hit me, but give me a give me a, you know, if I give me a good slap if I needed it. Dad never. He just had the stare. Once your dad stares. It was like, nope, I'm not messing with him. And I just always respected him because he's the hustle from 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 Chapel Town, where there's, you know, chances few and far between. And what's going on in the neighborhood where there's drugs and, and there's so many good people doing wonderful things in Chapel Town. But you can get led astray. And my dad, he, he kept it real all the way through. No matter the, what anyone would try say, anyone would try do, he stayed on that focus. So I, that's where I get my focus from. Interesting. I was just thinking then that um, a lot of successful individuals, there seems to be a, certainly a father figure who is somewhere in the background. You think of the Williams sisters, you think of Andre Agassi, you think of all of the greats in sports, both football and tennis, etc. There's always somebody in the background steering the so-called metaphorical ship towards success. Did your dad play football? Did he... He, well, he said he, he said he played and he and he's deadly serious when he said he was better than me. But the opportunities and he 
Like, it's crazy because I've got a bad knee injury. What ended me? I had like four or five operations on my knee. He had a bad knee. He was doing something, you know, the, um, you know, the vaults when you're doing like gymnastics. He banged his left knee on that and he just finished him. Hmm. But he said he was better than me. And he, he wouldn't lie, but opportunities weren't great back then. And do you think by proxy he was living vicariously through you? But he, the, 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 the brilliant thing with my dad, he never put pressure on me. I, my mum could never come to the games. No, no, my dad, he didn't used to say a thing. He used to come and watch. Um, and at that age, there's not much really you can say. Like the parents now, but they're absolute shambles. On the side, shouting this and going through this. Just let them be. Let them enjoy themselves and let them get to the level where they need to be. Once you get to that 15, 16, that's when you start, okay, if you want to do this for real, this is what you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. But there's parents on the sideline now. Under sevens, under eights, shouting. It's absolutely embarrassing. But my dad never got involved. Took me there, supported me if I needed it. And that was it. Never, ever said like, you need to do this or you need to do that. Never got involved. Credit to him then. It was amazing. Can't, I can't speak highly enough of my dad. My dad's the most humble man. It's weird because my mum's really like, I won't say flashy, but loves her. The finer things in life. And my dad's completely different. Dad still lives in the old house I was bought up in, in Chapel Town. He won't move. He won't move. There's a perception, one could argue, of black men in the entertainment space, black men in the, in the sports space who are very much about the material wealth and gain that goes with that. Um, and from knowing you, from the period of time I've known you, you're very much not like that. And I wonder what your take is on the current football perception of the modern day footballer. Do you think it's one in which um, is very much driven by the status and has football been lost? Or do you think football is, is still there? No, I think football's definitely still there. I think what's happened now is the players are earning a lot more. It's as simple as that. And the older generation are very bitter. Because are they really? Of course they are. The older, because in their head, they're deemed as better players. Um, and financial, I don't think it's fair to go in financial, but say the, the average wage in the Premier League now is 80 grand a week. And back then it would have been, I don't know, five, 10, 10 grand a week. I mean, so it's all relative to the time that you're playing. But, it's a lot of bitterness going back with the the old pro. I don't think football's losing itself. I do think that footballers are, are more quick to show what they have in terms of cars, houses, and that sort of thing. But that, I think that's led by America. Like, there's a lot of English sports stars who look up to the to the industry in America. And they see, you know, NFL, basketball, um, players with what they have. And, and they aspire to be that. But in terms of the, the football, I, the argument, it doesn't really fall with me because like Liverpool and Man City now are two of the best teams we've ever seen in terms of like Manchester City getting 100 points in the Premier League. 
some might say it was more competitive back then, but you won't you won't see that. Before you used to be able to win the, the league with late 78 or well, 80, 80 Excuse points. Excuse me, Miss Does that sorry to interrupt you there? For someone who's not into football, yeah. does that mean that they're winning literally every single game, pretty much? Well, apart from Arsenal a couple of years ago, they called Invincible, so they didn't lose all all, all season. Um, but there's 38 games and you get three points a game. Like, to get 100 points, it's just, it's unheard of. So, in answer to your question, I think it's it's difficult because back then there was no social media. Now everything's social media. Yeah, and you want to you want to feel you want the whole package. You want if you have a million followers on Instagram, million or two million, Twitter, whatever it may be, comes with opportunities, and you only you only play football for a short period of time. I was lucky. Started at 17 and my contract finished when I was 31. I wanted to get to 35, but injuries stopped that. But footballers are, are cutting on to the fact that now it's more of a, a brand. It's more than just football. So they're using their profile, their status to say, well, actually, when I finish football, I can go into, I don't know, punditry. I can go into to business. I can go, whatever that may be, they're making sure... They're using from every and, and so they should. They sure they should. Why why shouldn't they use from from their profile and the opportunities that they can get from it? The only downfall is if you don't play well, a lot of people can start throwing stones at you because they're saying they're taking the eye off the football. Mm. Um, so you're talking about um, players who are currently playing, yes, playing the social media game, yeah. Versus, okay, you've had your career, you finished, as you have done, you can now move on to new opportunities. Whereas players now, what you're saying is players now are playing, but hang on, they're, they're still all, they're playing the social media card as well. Of course they do, right? Of course, they do. And, and and so they should, because they've got to be careful on on Twitter, because Twitter can sort of make a very good day into a into a bad day. Just by what, you know, a lot of hurtful things people are, are saying online where Instagram's a little bit more friendly, it's pictures, people liking and stuff like that. But we also have to be careful. Like, I, I do worry for, for our kids growing up because mm-hmm. I believe like everything's moving a little bit too fast. Everything's, you, you know, people are living up to a life that they see on Instagram, which is actually half the time not even real. A lot of the pictures, a lot of the, the statuses you see on Instagram, it's just fake, isn't it? Either the, the, the buying into a, a fake world, it's not even there. So if they're seeing this all the time, clearly there's some responsibility. I'm not saying you sanction the social media companies, perhaps you do. However, if that said footballer, tennis star, rock star, is posting an image of their lifestyle, that filters down to that 17 year old, year old boy or girl, or even younger. So I want to be like that. So who's responsible? The social media networks and, and people like me as well. I, I have a role to play in this. There's certain things I do really, I, I question as well myself in terms of, you know, stuff that I would promote. I, I always look at if, how would a kid feel if you see me doing X, Y, Z. It's up to the social media companies. They don't. 
What do you mean? They, but social media companies don't really care about human beings. It's more about their, well, it's about money, isn't it? That, that's what the world is, is all about to some people. It's about money. There was a, I did a racist um, documentary and I sat down with a couple of social media companies and someone was, I mean, say sexually, you know, assaulted or racially abused. So then, that you know, someone report racial abuse and said, oh, this, uh, this is not against our guidelines or stuff like that. It's just... Hang, they, hang about. Yeah, honestly, it's it's ridiculous. So something like that, so serious, had happened yeah. on their platform. Yeah. Yet the guidelines in which they operate stated that that particular act wasn't deemed to be uh, offensive enough. Exactly. Good grief. And this is... You know what? The, the problem is now is you've got people coming up with words like woke and stuff, you know, and, and people moaning about stuff that, oh, it's not even a big problem. But the left have gone so far left and the right have gone so right that there's no common sense anymore. And that's what it really irks me and it, it hurts me that, like now, if you're trying to say something, you, you, you're constantly getting questioned about something that might have, have happened. It's ne- no one believes you anymore or the crying wolf again. And that's what, that's why I don't really go on social media. And these companies know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. It's almost like a, it's like a drug. Social media is like a drug. You want to be the richest. You want to be the best looking. You want to have the most followers. But in reality, like unless you're on like making something like from a business point of view and it's bringing you in money, like you're living just in a false, false world. I, I've never, if I go on social media, that's not helping anything at, at home. I put, I put funny videos. You know, see my, I never put actual photos of me on social media. Like, cringe like oh look at me I'm you know, I'll never do that I only try to put like funny things like people can engage and I, I just think social media is social media it's not real and people are buying too much into a fake world so do you think you are two part question do you think you're a role model firstly and do you think you are an idol uh, role model, I'd say, I'd say, yeah. As people would probably look up to me and, and see what I'm doing, especially um, ex-footballers who have transitioned from football into punditry. I might say, well, look at that that journey um, he's been on. I'd love to be able to do that. And I have people texting me and stuff like that. But every journey is different. I I went my way. I was lucky enough to win trophies. Man City had come with new investment and I was one of the first from the Premier League era to retire. If I retired five years later and someone else started first, I might not have this opportunity. I was just, it's all about timing again. Life's all about timing. That's all it's about. Um, so role model, I would say, yeah. Idol, it depends. Man City would probably fan would call me an idol, but I, didn't, I'm, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I'd be embarrassed if someone called me an idol. And I don't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that tag. 
Interesting. Mix, I've known you for a while and, and you are honest and true. Um, I saw, I saw a video and it was a view um, coming in and you had um, Andy Cole on your left. You had um, Thierry Henry in front of you and Ian Wright to your, to your right. And I wondered, when you see these people, do you think to yourself, wow, I can't believe I'm in a room with these people? Or do you feel as if they're my peers now? Do you still get this, these moments of, I can't believe I'm here? No, I, I think them, Thierry Henry is one of the greatest ever to, to grace. So you always have that. This is Thierry Henry. Andy Cole, what, 187 uh, league goals in the Premier League? Something like that. We only had one penalty, something daft like that. I went with Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, the greatest ever goal scorer. Like sometimes, it, but I ain't got time to, to 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 worry about that. You either get the respect. Ian Wright is a, a ledge as well. All, all of them are legends, but I don't I don't see it like that now. Like I said to you at the start of the podcast, like it's all the same. It doesn't matter. I care about the person that you are rather than what you've done. So do you think you've earned the respect of your peers now? But I, it, it, I, but I don't care if I have. That's the thing. I don't care because... But you must have, because you've got the opportunities you have. I, I, only, I only care about being the best person I can be. If people don't like it, good for them. I don't, I don't, I don't care. That, and that's the difference between me. Like, if, if I thought about going to work with Thierry Henry and like, oh, Thierry, it'd probably make you nervous, but I don't, I don't care. That, that's the difference. I respect who they are as players, but punditry is a completely different thing. They were the great, greatest at that. That doesn't necessarily mean they should be the greatest at punditry. I respect everyone for what they have done, but no. If you, if you thought about that, then, you know, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, the legends of the game. But this is this is me. I, I believe in, in, in my ability. Like I said at the start, I make other people better. You know, there's loads of people who have been, who have come into the punditry stuff and, oh, they've dipped in and dipping. I've come in and really I have no right to be sitting with them them players, no right. Why is that? But because they're, they're, there's levels in terms of football. Not, this is not in terms of people, I'm talking about levels. So if, Talk about Andy Cole, Thierry Henry, Ian Wright. I'm talking that top of the tree. You know, Gary Neville, Gary Neville, one of the greatest ever fullbacks for England, you know, over probably 600 games for Man United, won 20 trophies in his game, whatever they've won. I, I'm not that level of footballer. So in terms of punditry, I've got to give something that the people want to hear. If I go into punditry and say the same thing that they're going to say, it's like, oh, What's the point in being on there? So I have to be different. So how are you being different? I'm, I'm per, like, I'm personable. I've got personality. I, I laugh. I make people better, make them feel warm so they can do what they need to do. So I'm just laughing now. Who was the geezer on social media who had the, um, well, it makes, you know, the, the dildo? The well, that was, that, that was basically, he's a West Ham fan. Right. And he's going around trying to catch people with this dildo. So obviously I'm coming out of Kidderminster and you know, like people are asking for autographs and you're not really, you're not really concentrating. So I'm coming out of there. I said, a picture here, yeah, no problem. Put it on my, and afterwards I was like, oh, he's got me. 
He's got me good and proper here. But I wasn't going to send him to like delete the the, oh, the video or the me. picture. It was just, it was a bit of banter and I can take banter. Yeah. You know what? I think that one of the other things about me, um, I, don't, I don't care. If people want to banter with me and take the mick out of me, I'll take it. I'm self-deprecating. That's what makes me different. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. You can't take nothing personal, can you? Like if I, I want to take personal, all right. If I really wanted to say, okay, I've come from Chapel Town. I've, I've earned loads of money. I've got a nice family. And I, but so, so what? So what? The money the money is irrelevant. And you know what it is? I'm, I'm talking now and I'm content. You might have talked to me four years ago when I was struggling at the time. I might have had a different story. But once you get to this level of being content, nothing, nothing really else matters. So to the young sports person, entrepreneur, business person out there, what kind of advice should you be giving them? What would you say to that young person who aspires to, whether it's in sport or business in life, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of um, getting to that place of contentment that you, you clearly are at now? I think it's just, don't rush. Everyone's on different timings, you know, and I know it's hard now with, with everything we've talked about and you see people... Because like, we've all been jealous. We all want to be somewhere and you see friends doing better than you, but everyone's got their own timing. And that, I was lucky. I was playing first team at 17. So some might say, it's easy for me to talk about, you know, I was getting paid good money at 17, 18. But when I was living in the council house in Chapel Town at school, do you want to talk about that time? People are quick to, you know, pick the bits that they want to suit their narrative. But we all, it was all the same in Chapel Town. So don't worry about what what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah, you know, there's there's going to be times where it's going to make you feel down, but work, work hard. I think it's more the mental side is you have to take care of. Because if you're in a good space mentally, you can do anything. There's a lot along with with hard work. You've got to have talent. You know, I'm not going to say to people on here if you've got if you've got no, ta- you know, you, you, not everyone can be a professional footballer. I think that the to come through academy it's like naught point naught one three percent to come through the academies in football. So not everyone's going to be a footballer, but you don't always have to be a footballer. Like you said, I I do business side. I've been buying properties for 15 years. And yeah, I made a couple of mistakes. And you've got to make mistakes to learn. People, everything, think, oh, you've got to be like crystal clear. This is what I'm going to do. Have this. And I don't set no goals. I don't set goals because all goals do to me is disappoint you. Work hard and just go go with the flow. Go with the flow. Your timing might be different to mine. My timing might be different to yours. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been I've been happy when I've been in a council house, and I've been happy when I've been in a millions of pound house. It doesn't, but it doesn't define you. And the more you speak to successful people, they will tell you the same. And it changes. Some people are stuck up, and some people take money different way. But it's not when you get there. It's you realize it's really not. So there is is a place that 
a lot of people aspire to be or aspire to get there. Wherever that there is, there could be the house, there could be the car, the watch, etc. And this frames nicely into the essence of the show, um, being the kindest podcast. And I, I wonder whether or not there is a place where there is kindness. And, and I would ask you that first question, which is what does kindness actually mean to you, particularly with someone who says you're content now? What does kindness mean to you? Kindness to me is sort of uplifting people around you. You know, what? what's the point in, in me having all this success, or what's deemed success, if you can't share it with others? What's the point? Then to me, that's just greed. Kindness is just... When, when, when you're in a situation and you have your thought process, you think about something and then you think about something else. Like kindness, you can feel within, within the thoughts and within, within your heart. And kindness for me might be kindness differently for you. And that's why I say everyone's their own individual. We're not, we're not in a race. We don't need to compete. And I've, and I've, and I've been too kind at times where I've invested time and money in people and they've let me down. But that's only made me wiser and stronger. So in the end, I just put that down to a learning curve. I'm being, just being kind. I, I've always had a, a good heart anyway. So me being kind, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say. It might not be as easy for other people to say. But yeah, I've, I've always tried to be kind, whether that's charities. But I think most importantly, you, you, you can't help everyone. So you can't put yourself into a situation where you constantly beating yourself up. So I've got four sisters. I've got three brothers. But some are half. I cost them, they're all full, but some are half in terms of dad only, dad only. But I don't see them. And I, you know, I've, I've looked after my immediate ones, my two brothers and my sisters. So I've got uh, two brothers and one sister between my mum and dad and the rest are all from my dad's side. And they get treated better than the ones who you know, Birmingham, London, wherever they're living. And that eats me up every day because I feel like they should all be treated the same, but I should beat myself up about that because my upbringing was different. This is what I know. These are the people who I grew up with. Um, And I I find it hard, or I did find it hard to to sort of just say, well, why am I giving these and not giving them? But in the end, it's like, well, you can't help everyone. And not all help should be financial. It should be picking up the phone. You know, a lot of people I've spoke to, or I I spoke to, be like, oh, it's just nice to have a conversation. Like, not all problems are fixed by money. Forget the money. It's about, you know, that reaching out to someone and genuinely caring about what is going on asking the questions, not just having a, I'm, oh, you're all right. It's actually asking, no, is everything all right? And I, I would say that as kindness. Where did this come from? It's, I'm, I'm amazed just hearing this 
through you. And I, I knew it was there, but just, this is certainly another side of a professional sports person that you wouldn't often see. And, and listening to you articulate that, to me, is, is true, is honest, and is very much a surprise, I think. Not for me knowing you, but I think for the perception of footballers, because that certainly isn't the case. It's deemed to be that they are that footballer in the public eye and they're probably spending lots of money on material things and they don't really care about most people. Well, well we are. We are. We do that as well. Like, and this is, this, is, this is what's good. I'm not afraid. When I, was, when I was 19, I had a Range Rover and an Aston Martin. I was living in a million pound house. I enjoyed it to the fullest, but I was, I was on my journey and I thought materialistic things would make me happy, but they didn't. So, but if, you're, if you talk about footballers, yeah, they might be on the front or back pages, but like we all, we all would be, no matter what walk of life you'd be in, because we've all maybe had a fight, all done something wrong. It's just there in the public eye and you've been under that scrutiny for so long where you, like, I, I rarely, when I first come to, to, to Harrogate, and, and I'm not even making this about race and all that, but I can count how many black people around. And sometimes that just makes me feel uncomfortable. And, and you know, I say, why did I move to, why did I move to Harrogate? But I'm like, well, if I don't take that plunge, then no one else is. And I get on with absolutely everyone. Like I never bring race into it. But it would just be nice if it was more diverse. And that's what, over the years, I, I, I hope happens. I'm sure it will. And I think that's just the way in which the world is. It's, it's changing all the time, for sure. Um, and it's, it's, it's often the case, I think, that people frame their lens through what they see. And I think you being in the position you are now will hopefully change that lens for many people to allow them to think, well, I could do that. I could live there. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. But I don't I don't want people like I'm still only 33. I'm gonna make so many more bad decisions. Maybe not ones that are in the public eye, but I will, I, I don't want to be seen as I like the fact that people can look up to me and say he's come from where he's come from and he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, that's all stuff. But I'm I'm not perfect either. And I'm still learning and, and I'm still on, on the journey like we all are. All I all I'm saying is I'm I've been through a lot and I'm content to it's in which my 33, to be content at 33, some people don't find it till, you know, late, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, but I don't, I don't care, um, but I need, the responsibility is on me to make sure I'm being a good role model as well, because people do need people to look up to. Um, and, I, and, and that's what, that's what I want to do, but I will never claim to be perfect because at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. It's just some are way bigger than, than others. This is so, so true. And it frames nicely into uh, my, my second question. I suppose about life and how you look back on life. You're talking about being content and being happy. Um, Mix, if today was your last day and you were to die tomorrow, God forbid, what would you do differently to be the kindest in the room? Oof. What would I do differently in terms of... Well, I was going to die tomorrow... 
But today I was living, would I do anything differently? Correct. You know what, you know what my, my, my biggest one is? I work too much. I've been put in a fortunate position now where I'm, I'm with the companies I'm with. But I always have this like niggling feeling that I don't spend enough time with my, my son. And it burns me. It, bur- it burns me all the time. But I love working. I love, I love like the challenge of working with the people I do. Like I'm in London, like two, three, four times a week if I'm working, BBC, Manchester. But it's just that little thing of, you know, should he done bedtime? Should he have done? And I, in terms of my life, I wouldn't do a single thing differently apart from that. Because I enjoy life to the fullest. Maybe potentially giving more to charities or helping someone, but literally all I do now is work, go home to my son, work, go home. That's all I do. Whereas it should be actually family first, then work after. But I've fallen into that trap because I'm like, you know, it's like, um, I'm like an addict when, when like football, when you're in football, and you love something so much, you're on it. And now because I love punditry, like the big games, and then like you sort of forget, oh, your family's a little bit secondary when that should be primary, really. And that is, that's the balance I would have. But in terms of maybe having a bit more conversations with, with people, opening up, a little bit more. But no, there's not there's not really too much I would I would change. So that feeling, that burning feeling of I should spend more time at home. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Because I'm working. You don't have to work. Exactly. And that's but there's something in me which has been stolen to me from a young age that this is, this is the right thing to do. I'm not, I'm not working because I need to fight, you know, the finances. Financially, I've been secure for years. <laughs> but it's more, when you, when you get to a level where you, you love something, you love your work, you just, and the way I've been brought up. And I think, you know what I think it is? I think I'm trying to replicate the feeling of the winning goal, you know, winning match, lifting a trophy. I'm trying to get back that feeling. It's it's almost like only punditry can give me that feeling back. But you know what I think makes, knowing you as as I do, I don't really know football per se, but I could argue you're never going to get that euphoric moment of lifting that cup and cheering and that energy and that drive and that, that big serotonin kick that kicks goes with it. But if your son or daughter goes, yeah, but dad was never there. Mm-hmm. Surely in your mind, you must be like, oh shit, that's not right. Yeah. And, that's, was- and that's, that is the burning, that's the burning feeling inside. I think only you know the answer to that. And it must be a challenge for you. Um, but I think the good thing is that you're acknowledging it. Yeah. You're self-aware of that burning and that, that feeling of, 
mm, not sure. Because I'm sure most athletes, sports people, entrepreneurs, business people have that yearning. That's what makes them winners. It's that drive exactly. to succeed, to go beyond the norm, to be the 1%. And dare I say, use this of the drug analogy, but it's, it's that thing that makes you a winner. And it's very hard to let go of that. And perhaps I think the contentment piece might eventually come when the need for whatever that thing is sort of ebbs away. Uh, and I certainly think that will, that will come. Um, we're reaching that point in the show, Meeks. Uh, I'm mindful of your time, but certainly the, the, the part of the show where one of those pieces of uh, those questions where I think people can listen, uh, who are listening to this, can, can think back and go, yeah, that, that was a, a really salient piece of advice there. Um, what one piece of advice would you give somebody to live a kinder life? You've touched on a few points there, but what one piece of advice would you give somebody, whether it's from a, your business uh, perspective in terms of your investments or your, your life journey today, what, what one piece of advice would you give someone to, to live a kinder life? See, that's, that, is a, that is an amazing question because it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard question because of the fact everyone's different you know everyone I think over in history we've sort of been in, in, institutionalized a little bit where got to do this got to do this but everyone's their own individual now like what might be kind to me might not be to them but I think to live a, a kind of life is just instead of worrying about what you haven't got, worry about what you what you have got. And you know, there's if you look around around the world and see the, the poverty that that's going on, and you, you shouldn't blame yourself and, and don't feel guilty for that, but you should be appreciative of what you do have. And once you in that mindset, things will just come natural to you to be kind. Just Think about things a little bit more rather than, because I work in, in London as well and you've, you've lived there. It's a bit of a rat race, isn't it? Everything is like super, super fast down there. And because everything's super fast, it's, it's almost like, well, I've got to earn this. I've got. Sometimes you just need to have a step back, put yourself first for once. And then that'll allow you to leave a, a, a cleaner, kinder way of, of, of living. Have a, and speak, speak to people, speak to people. I think that's the, don't be worried about the material things in life. Worry about what's the most important to you, to them, whoever it may be. And that'll just allow you to, to think. I think too much nowadays we, we go into things where I've got to make a decision here, got to make a decision there. But actually, if you just relax and just look at things as a whole and are not going to rash decisions, like kind of thoughts do come into you, to your mind. And I know people say, how can that? But when you make a decision, especially when you're you're angry, never make a decision when you're angry. 
because I've been there. I've lost, I've lost good mates who have done me wrong. I've made decisions where, you know, I've took it personally and we no longer have a, a relationship. If I would have, you know, took a step back and say, oh, all right, and sort of looked at it from a different perspective, maybe things would have been different now. And how does that make you feel? In in some in some ways, good. I I say I'm content, which I am, but I'm also very paranoid as well. Whereas I I, I don't really have any friends, which is pretty sad. I, I, if I go to to Manchester or whatnot and meet up with some old football friends, I don't really have friends because I'm always arms length. I'm always thinking, well, why does he want to speak to me? What angle is he going to get? How much money is he going to want to borrow? What what opportunity can take? There's just so many things swirling through my head. Whereas, because now I'm I'm able to put myself first. I I'm, I'm content, but because someone's done me wrong now, every time I've got my back up, I'm, I'm questioning absolutely everything. So it doesn't make me feel great in that respect but it's made me learn and I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. Micah Richards, with that being said, uh, you have been the kindest in the room today. I think from that initial question, who is Micah Richards? I think you've, you've answered that today. I think those people listening will take away from this a different side of you, a side of, uh, of which I think one that, that didn't really recognise, didn't really know of, a softer side, a more genuine side, a more honest side, and certainly a more kinder side. It's been a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for your time. You have been the kindest in the room. Um, I suppose the, the question everyone's asking is, is, when's your comedy duo? <laughs> the Roy Keane. We're ends. Roy Keane, are you? See, Roy. When's the comedy duo next season next year? Let's back on. <laughs> I love Roy. It's coming. It's coming soon. Yeah. It's coming soon. Very, very soon. So where can people reach out to you and, and uh, touch base with you? In terms of... So online or... Um, so Instagram, like it's, it's one of those where, again, I, I'm i so busy now. Like I try I try to engage with people and I, I try to think if I was like a fan or if I was anyone, how would I like to get in contact? What would I like to see? And I was like, so I'm so always looking at it from a fan's point of view, what people would like to see. Um... But in terms of getting contact to me, it's like the hardest thing in the world. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always working. I'm always working, but um, I'm working to produce content so people can listen. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, you, I'm sure you can reach out to, to Micah on, on all social channels, I'm sure, and, and certainly on, uh, on, on TV and online as well. Again, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, take note of this one. This was really uh, an inspirational one uh, for you listening, and uh, I look forward to the next one. Micah Richards, you have been a kind of room. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.